Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades because I've had the ability to find the best insurance, auto, home, life, business, doesn't matter, and find it for the right price, the best price. Doing everything they can to save their customers money. And then, look, you have insurance for a reason. Well, something happens and you need it. They will jump in as if it happened to them because as far as they're concerned, it did. They're your partner in all this. It's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. Well, let's get to our play-by-play call of the day, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> well, he picked the best guy to throw it to himself. Mariota takes the snap, looks to his right, looking, looking, flushed out. Now back to his left, pumping, throwing into the end zone. No, he kept it. Dove for the end zone himself and got in. Oh, my goodness. I thought for sure Mariota had thrown it. What a play. Let's see exactly how it went. It was batted back to him. He did throw it. He caught it for a touchdown. Touchdown, Titans. What a play, Marcus Mariota, who just threw and caught a touchdown pass. Some people are so selfish with their statistics. I'm sorry, I'm going to do it all. (laughs) What a play. That was a crazy game. Crazy game. Tennessee won 22-21, rallying from a 21-3 deficit, and now they get to be sacrificed against the uh, Patriots. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. Matt Leon, KYW in Philadelphia. The Eagles are in a rare spot. Talk about that in a moment. Matt, welcome. Great to have you with us. Great to be with you. Well, this is an unusual spot for a number one seed to be. Uh, The unusual spot is they're an underdog at home. Yeah. At home. Yeah, no, qu- and no question about it. It's all quarterback-oriented. And it has nothing to do with, no. it, it to do with Nick Foles as a quarterback. He's a, a good NFL quarterback. He's not great, but he's not Carson Wentz. Right. So I think it's also it's also based on the last 8-12 quarters the Eagles have played as a team. No doubt. Eagles really haven't put together four good quarters on both sides of the ball and in quite a long time you know i mean the the offense played well against the giants uh three weeks ago but the defense was terrible and the defense has been good the last couple weeks uh the last couple games but the offense has been awful and i know the last game against dallas i think for the most part you just kind of throw out the window it was a glorified preseason game but uh you know the eagles haven't been you know what they were early in the season i mean obviously the loss of Wentz is a big reason for that but uh you know, I, 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 but I also don't think, 
you know, having uh, the number one seed playing at home, sitting for two weeks, having everybody told, tell them how overrated they are and how they're going to be one and done, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you'll have an Eagles team coming out with their hair on fire uh, on Saturday uh, trying to prove the world wrong. Well, how can they prove the world wrong? What's the formula to do it? Um, take care of the football on offense. Uh, don't ask Nick Foles to do too much. I think you'll see a healthy hel- helping of Jay Ajayi. Uh, I think you'll also see a little more of LeGarrette Blunt than we've seen the last month. And just continue to play defense like they have the last couple weeks. I, I'm pretty confident defensively they will uh, keep Atlanta at bay. I think Atlanta will get theirs, but uh, I, I don't. I think the defense will make it possible where the offense only has to get in the end zone a couple of times and, and not make silly mistakes uh, to win this game. You watched, I'm sure, some of the, if not all, the Falcons Rams game the other night. What was your thought in watching Atlanta play? I thought they played well. I mean, Atlanta's been an interesting case this year because you just kind of look at that roster, you look at that stat sheet, and you see Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, and you're like, wow, this group should average 35 points a game. And then you watch them play, and they're not terrible on offense, but something's just not there. Consistency's not there. They very rarely have it you know, clicking on all cylinders. And as a result, I think they averaged, you know, 12, 13 points less this season than they did last year, uh, despite having much of the same and probably all the same key personnel. Different offensive coordinator, obviously, that uh, that plays a big role. But, uh, you know, as far as the game against the Rams, I thought they took advantage of a Rams team that was anxious early, that looked like a team that hadn't played in the playoffs, uh, you know, this group before. I think they also took advantage of the Rams not giving Todd Gurley the ball enough. And uh, on offense, they did some of the things they could do. Chunk plays, uh, got the ball to Julio Jones. They didn't actually run the ball quite as well as I thought they would. But, uh, you know, I think that game was was made because their defense played really well. And I think the Rams helped them with some uh, shaky execution and some shaky play calling. Yeah, and that's that's something that you, you look at in a game like this. I don't see a lot of points in this game. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't see a lot of points, and I think the Eagles cannot be in a shootout. No, I don't think they're built for one right now. Not at the, I mean, you can get in a shootout week 15 with the terrible Giants team, but in the playoffs I would really be surprised if uh, you know the game got into a 30s and to win it. Uh, no, I agree with you. I, I think you're looking at something like 20 to 14, something like that. Uh, I honestly think that's really the type of game it has to be for the Eagles. And of all the times for the weather to get warm. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The Eagles have looked terrible in the cold. Yeah, they have. But, but, that, <laughs> think, but, that, but that Dallas game to me is just, I mean, you're right. That was that was preseason game number four. Yeah. I mean, it really but, was. But that Oakland game, they were awful. Yeah, yeah they were offensively. awful. Yeah, they were. They were awful. Yeah, and that game meant that something, game. too. That game yeah. meant something. Uh, maybe they're a warm, so, maybe they're a warm weather team playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I also think what is common this time of year is we undersell the importance of that first round buy. Yeah, uh, and how much it recharges a team. And I think in this case, we're also, and I say we, I mean the overall general feel and stuff people are talking about. You know, if the Falcons team had to go out to California, fly back, now they have to fly up to it to Philadelphia. That's a lot of travel, you know, yeah. and, and all that while the Eagles have been relaxing. Now, 
It could be one of those things where the Falcons have found some momentum very quietly. They have won seven of nine, including that playoff game. Uh, and, you know, maybe the, the momentum and maybe me, you and I are talking a week from now and we go, wow, the Eagles really looked like a team that hadn't played a meaningful game in weeks and the Falcons came out and hit the ground running. Right. Uh, or, or it's possible you look, we are talking and saying, wow, that Eagles team really looked refreshed, looked ready to go. They looked sharp and the Falcons really looked tired, didn't they? It's one of those things you don't yeah. know until you know. Do you think that this is the time where we sit back and we look at the acquisition of Jayajayi and we say, you know what, with the playoffs in mind and the way the weather is this time of the year, wow, what a wise pickup that was. The Eagles understood how critical the ground game was at this time of the year. Oh, yeah. I do not think it's crazy that uh, you could see them run the ball 45, 50 times on Saturday. Now, a lot of that would be dictated by how the game flow was but uh, between Ajayi, LeGarra Blunt, the lesser uh, effect, uh, Corey Clement, it would not surprise me to see them just try to grind one out here. And if uh, they're lucky enough to, to get a lead into the second quarter, just try to, to suck the air out of the joint offensively. Wow, uh, that's, that's interesting. What were your thoughts watching the other playoff games this weekend? Uh, Andy Reid's going to Andy Reid no matter where he is and what the situation is. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, you know, Andy Reid's a good coach, but, man, blind spot after blind spot after blind yeah. spot. Uh, saying, you know, how in the world Kareem Hunt can get five carries in the final three quarters of a playoff game that you lead at one point by three scores is just amazing to me. And then when you throw in, you don't have Travis Kelsey for much of that game. Yeah. It's uh, borderline criminal. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I thought the the Bills Jacksonville game was pretty much just exactly what I thought it would be. Yes, I yeah. thought it would be you know a street fight. Uh, you would struggle to score. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, Blake Bortles made some really important plays with his feet. <laughs> yes, like he finished with 88 yards. But God, he was terrible throwing oh, the football. My goodness. Absolutely terrible throwing the football. Um, and I, you, I kind of got the feeling of a just a kind of a happy to be there from the Bills. It's been so yeah. long, and they had worked so hard to to finally break that streak and get in. Uh, I mean, Grant. I mean, they only lost by a touchdown, and you know had had their chances at that one. But uh, I almost feel like their playoff team was getting into the yeah. the postseason. And uh, yeah, I, the Saints are tough. That Saints Panthers yeah. game. I'm actually, I feel like. You know, what did it finish? Five point game. It's one of those games mm-hmm. that it never felt like it was that close. Right. I, I watching it, I really felt like that the Saints were in control throughout. Uh, they did their best to try to give it away at the end, but Saints are going to be a tough out. Saints are going to be a very, very tough out. Yes, they will be. A very tough out. Interesting. I guess Bortles was in the parking lot after the game, and a little kid asked, you know, they threw him the ball, he caught it, and he threw it back, and he missed him. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, you get concerned about that stuff, then. Yeah, just, yeah, just, but but I want to I want to ask you about the officiating, though. This is not another red letter weekend for these guys. No, it's uh, it's not good. And I've said for a while, and I don't know if I've said it to you, but I I don't think the NFL product's good. And I think if you were to go to if we were to have a parallel universe where there was no fantasy football. I would be it never had been fantasy football. I would be fascinated to see the interest level and in the ratings of the NFL because I think a lot of their success is people watch the games, yes they do, but they watch them for their own personal reasons as far as, you know, financial right. things on the line and stuff like that. As far as quality of play and my point is going along with that, 
is uh, the, the the replays and you know what is a catch and it's absurd and I think it really sucks the life out of you know how long did they in that Rams game try to determine if if that was a catch and, and you knew right away what what the yeah. deal was I mean you knew you know, right I've, away I've said for a long time that I think one of the big problems that all sports but specifically the NFL has made with replay as they've tried to use it to get everything 100% right, which is absolutely impossible no matter the situation. That's so right. when you're trying to achieve an impossible goal, you see yourself twisting yourself in knots like what we're seeing right now. I've always thought the goal of replay should be to avoid egregious errors. Yes. Avoid the ball that obviously one-hopped the receiver. Avoid the guy who obviously had stepped out of bounds before he caught the ball. Stuff like that. And I say with with replay, they get 30 seconds to look at it. If you can't tell in 30 seconds, That's if right. it's not something that jumps out at you in 30 seconds, then you know what? The official did the best he could and got it as as good as right as he could on the field. Let's keep going. And I think I think that's the problem. And by trying to get something perfect, you get what we get now with a catch, where you can just feel announcers starting to cringe every time there's a replay and you start to see the ball move because nobody knows what anything is anymore. Right. And there was that the Rams-Falcons game where, in looking at the replay, you could tell right away what the ball went off the foot, I think, if I remember the play I'm talking about. Right? And they're like, okay, well, that's it. Right? And then I, Ed Hockley, after about a minute, says, oh, we're going to review. Everybody's looking around. Like, review what? Yeah. We've already seen it. Everybody at home has already seen it. We know that it's that it's a catch. It didn't hit the ground. We know that. We saw that. And then you can, you know, and then of course then there then, you know, and then now Michaels to his credit, Michaels is is brutally honest. He did, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I it's it's become, you know, it's become a running joke. It's become a punchline. And it, it, every week you feel like a little bit more credibility is ripped away from the league uh, because of this. And I, you know, I, I think it's just got to – the whole replay system has to be rethought. Not gotten rid of, but rethought. And I, if I was in charge, that's how I would do it. I would look at it and change the whole idea. We're not trying to get everything right. That's impossible. We just want to make sure we don't screw up big time and games are won or lost because of, of something that is obviously wrong. Well, now that we have that solved, let's talk about the border wall. All right, no, I'm just going. <laughs> Matt, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Talk to you next time. Matt Leon, KYW in Philadelphia. We're just solving problems here. It's what we do. Speaking of the problem solvers, Purdy Insurance. They're our sponsor today, along with Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. There are a lot of places to get insurance coverage, but only one place in the Susquehanna Valley ready to put four generations of experience to work for you. Hi, I'm Adam Purdy. At Purdy Insurance, we take the time to talk with you and find the right coverage for your needs. Everyone's situation is unique, so our approach is to customize coverage to best protect you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance solutions you need, call, email, or stop in to see how our commitment to personal service can help protect what matters to you. Kansas? 
How about that? All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, tonight, the national championship game. It's interesting, we haven't talked once really about the national championship game. I've talked a little bit about Jalen Hurts. Uh, his ability to run the ball becomes really important in a game like this. Because one area where there's been a level of consistency that you can link all the national championships to for Alabama under Nick Saban would be Saban's ability to consistently recruit not just good but great college defensive lines. They've had the ability to put more pressure on people than other teams, plus take away their running game. Georgia does a lot of the same thing, to their credit. Uh, their linebackers are really good. And remember, I mean, this is a lot. Some of these guys, are Georgia, are guys that played against Penn State in the Tax Slayer Bowl two years ago. You know, Roquan Smith and and uh, Lorenzo Carter and Dominic Sanders and Terry Godwin and you know, you know Sony Michelle. These guys all played against Penn State. So we saw them as Smith was a freshman. The others were sophomores. And Nick Chubb was hurt, couldn't play in the game. But it's not like we haven't seen these guys before, because we have. You've grown up, and you see what experience means to them. The defensive front for George is very good. The linebackers are really good. So they get it. Uh, the impact of Kirby Smart is hard to tell. Uh, to be honest with you. I think he's obviously shown he's a really good coach because you can take uh, very good talent and and you can mess it up. Kirby Smart has taken very good talent, and he's done a really good job of accentuating it. So that's where you deserve a lot of credit. But he didn't recruit most of these guys. Sanders, Smith, Carter, Michelle, Chubb, Godwin. He didn't recruit any of those guys. Uh, so the impact that he has, and you see the Georgia recruiting class this year is considered to be a top five recruiting class, and some say it's one or two. Well, that's where you're starting to see that you know his ability to go in to places and sell what his vision is of Georgia is very effective. And But we'll see how it plays out over the years. Uh, Nick Saban has done a great job of he's obviously recruiting great talent. You, know, you don't get a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick or a Calvin Ridley or the running backs they've had unless you've you know recruited top shelf the entire time. That's why you look, for example, at the fine young running back for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. Well, Alvin Kamara, it'll show, is listed as being from Tennessee, right? Alvin Kamara started his college career at Alabama. And the backfield that he was a part of at Alabama included Derrick Henry, T.J. Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, and Alvin Kamara. Those are the four running backs that came in at that time at Alabama. Well, they're all in the NFL now. Kamara did not play his first year. He had a couple of problems off the field. Uh, he got suspended by Nick Saban. He went to a junior college, and then he resurrected himself and went to Tennessee for two years, and now he's in the NFL. I think he was a third-round pick by the Saints. And Kamara had a really nice year for the Saints in conjunction with Mark Ingram. But that just tells you about the depth that they've had, that that happened to be the four running backs 
primary running backs they had in the program at that time when Camaro was there for his one season. But overall, Saban has done a great job of consistently recruiting outstanding talent on the defensive line, and Alabama's been able to own that area of real estate and then put pressure on quarterbacks with four guys. They have not had to blitz. A guy like Roquan Smith's going to end up being a very good NFL linebacker. He's going to be in the same mode as as Reuben Foster. Move him to the outside, because Smith will not be an inside linebacker in the NFL. Move him to the outside, where he's got the, the pursuit, the angles, and so forth. Just like when Foster finally got his chance to play for the 49ers, which, by the way, coincided with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. He never really talked much about what Reuben Foster's return meant to the 49ers because of the Garoppolo factor. But that's uh, going to be tonight. We haven't talked much about it, but the part about Jalen Hurts is... I don't care what his throwing percentage is. Right? Watch him play. He does not lead guys into yards after the catch. He turns what can be an explosive Alabama passing game into a very station-to-station passing game because he is a thrower. He is not a quarterback. He doesn't look off guys. I mean, in fact, 28th start, he is no better at throwing the football in his 28th start than he was in his first. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And we are in the Sunbury Motors Studio. On a day brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades because they've been able to go out and put together the best insurance coverage. I don't care if it's auto, home, life, business, whatever, but they always find you the best coverage that fits you to a T. They also go out and they make sure it's at the best price that fits your budget because the customer comes first. And if anything happens, why you have insurance. That's why having a great relationship with your insurance agent is important. You want to go with people who are great uh, with people. That's Purdy. The Purdy company is unbelievable. Great people there. They'll go to bat for you right away with everything they have because the customer comes first. You want to make sure you're protected. So, Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. 
All right. So we get everybody up to date there. And uh, 800-795-9565, 800-795-9565 is our number. Jump in. We'd like to hear from you. I know we had told Dick and Milton to call back at this time, and he's done just that. Hi, Dick. How are you today? Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. Oh. Thanks for asking. Hey, I was listening to your interview with the reporter out of the West Coast uh, in the, in the uh, 3.30 hour, yep. half hour. Yeah. And he talked about Gruden and one and on, and he mentioned, a, he mentioned the name quite two or three times, and I thought maybe you could get him one for an interview is Rich Gannon. You know, he actually, you know, he's a Delaware guy, so he he comes over and sees Joe Susan, but he also, his oldest daughter graduated from Bucknell last year, and his youngest daughter is at Bucknell now. So he hangs, he comes around quite often. Yeah, no, that, and, that'd be, that's a great idea. The other and, guy and I think I, I probably ought to talk to is John Condo from Phillipsburg yeah. Osceola High School, yeah. uh, 25 miles from here. John's the long snapper for the Raiders and has been for years. Yeah, but I just you know I've I've talked to I've talked to Coach or to Rich Gannon several times when he's been in here and and I you know I guess I didn't really connect him too much with Gruden but but he did. And, oh uh, yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. That's why that Super Bowl that Tampa Bay won was so interesting because he had Brad Johnson on his side, but he had just finished coaching Rich Gannon on the other right before that. Yeah, as I say, Joe Susan and him are both Delaware football players and and coach susan obviously but he does come around and he'll be around he'll be around uh this spring war because it'll be tennis season again he might be stopping by when when they start their tennis very season good again. might no, just be somebody you get on the air for a little while and, get, and pick him up pick his brain a little bit about coach gruden great idea plus rich does a great job on cbs yeah very very yeah. good job as an analyst there you go just a thought yeah great thought i appreciate it it, it is appreciate it dick Thank you. Well, Sean, you're replaceable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really cruel, man. (laughs) Hands on the swivel, just like Derek Carr's. (laughs) How about about that, the Derek Carr thing? That was like, whoa, Derek Carr. Wow. Well, Gruden works as quarterbacks. We know that for a fact. So, yeah, Dieter yeah, brought up a fine. great point, and, 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 and he should. But, yeah, Dieter brought up a great point last hour as to uh, uh, quarterbacks and his track record of coaching them. So, Well, I mean, some people wear them out. Uh, a great quarterback coach was, obviously, Steve Spurrier. But he was also harder on them than he was on other people. Yeah, so just all it all depends. Uh, You know, personalities are different, and because personalities are different, um, you know, they want that guy to be an extension of them. Okay, well, if they want that person to be an extension of them, then that's how you end up with. a, a guy being harder on the quarterback because they want that to be an extension to them. Now you talked in the beginning of Kerry Collins. Well, Kerry Collins, you know, now a college Hall of Famer, uh, and congrats to him. 
what a career he carved out. And I think, you know, it ended up, I believe he is the last Big Ten quarterback to be uh, a first, the first, drafted in the first round. How about that? He's the last Big Ten quarterback, I believe, to be drafted in the first round. Now, that's amazing. 17 years in the NFL. Carolina, the Giants, the Titans primarily. But that's amazing. And... I mean, to me, I mean, that's amazing. And congratulations to him. What a great college career. What, you know, 92, he did okay. 93, Kerry was really good. 94, he was off the charts. Yeah, off the charts. Hey, Antoine Randall L. Close, second-round draft pick by the Steelers. Yeah, but he wasn't drafted as a quarterback, though. That's correct. I mean, he was drafted as an athlete. I mean, he didn't play quarterback in the NFL. And you're right, Randall L. was a second-round pick, but even then he was not drafted as a quarterback. Uh, Amazing. Uh, And what a career he put together, huh? What a great uh, career. So congratulations to him, another Hall of Famer for Penn State. That was uh, announced earlier today. National championship game is tonight. All right, so who do you have? Oh, I haven't wavered from our pick segment on Friday. I'm sticking with Alabama. Um, it's you know the fool me once, you know fool me twice. It's like how can you go against? How can you go against Alabama? I, I know if Oklahoma was playing Alabama tonight, I'd take Oklahoma. See, I think that Baker Mayfield would have given them a puncher's chance, but I think that's just a case where you look at what they did this year, okay, in that championship game. You you look at that, and the th- part that stuns you is that. And again, this is where the rookie comes in to play when it comes to, you know, where experience comes into play for a team. And that's the experience of Lincoln Riley. Not being there before in any capacity. And then suddenly, you know, they finally got to that point. And he kind of—I don't know. You know, you can just tell that you know he got conservative. He coaches if he had something to lose, and they ended up losing because of it instead of just uh, going for it. At least that's how I looked at it. And that's why that's why I think they're not in it. I think we're going to get let down tonight for some reason, just because of last year's game being so phenomenal, and then you had the Rose Bowl almost a week and a half ago being uh, phenomenal as well. Right. But hopefully we'll have a great matchup. 
but it may be too much to ask for. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could, could, could be too much to ask for. Hey, but, that, man. but at least we have the, the first ever uh, college football national championship halftime show featuring right. Kendrick Lamar. So you'll be riveted. Oh, oh, you'll you'll be riveted okay. to your TV set okay. for that one. But I do want to say this. Okay, guess what was ratings wise? We're talking about the NFL was down what nine point seven percent this year. Okay, nine point seven percent down. Right. Guess what was up? Bowl games up twelve percent. ESPN had thirty five of them. They were up twelve percent to an average of four million nine hundred fifty five thousand viewers per game. Well, their execs are dancing to that. And it wasn't just when it came to um Oh, yeah, you know, being on New Year's Day, it was great, you know, and having that. Okay, that's great. Except it turned out that every platform of a bowl game was up. Every platform of bowl games happened to be up. That's amazing. Every platform. That's the amazing part. Up 12%. This goes back to what I talked about. You may think from the outside looking in that there are too many bowl games. Okay, because there are, what, 40 of them. Right, so I got that. But you may think that there are too many Star Wars movies. You may think there are too many Hallmark Christmas movies. You may think that there are, that Cheers went two seasons too long. I don't know. But there are people out there that watch it. And did you and I talk about Hallmark Channel Christmas movies during a commercial break <laughs> over Christmas time? Because <laughs> that's a heavily watched channel in my house. <laughs> well, it's heavy. I'm saying, but I'm saying though, but there are people out there who will say there are too many of them. But nobody's telling you to watch. My pet peeve with them is they start running Christmas movies four days before Halloween. I think that's a little too much. But hey, they're Hallmark. It's part of their brand. It's in their wheelhouse. So what are you going to do? You flip the channel right. and pop something else on you like to see. Right, exactly. But but again, this goes to just because you may think there's too much of something doesn't necessarily mean that there is, quote, too much of something if somebody is watching it. Well, it turned out that, you know, you could sit, people could sit there and go, oh, I'm definitely a, pr- a proud contributor to ESPN's ratings because I will freely admit. And granted, I had some free time leading up to Christmas, but I, that's the most that's the most bowl games I watched in in years, at least five years for me. Right, quite a few. Yeah. So I mean, that's what you have. You have people. Oh, it's too much of this, too much of that. Well, it doesn't matter if you think it's too much. You know, it's up to the audience to eventually determine. 
if there's been too much of anything. It's up to the audience to determine that. And there are people that free time, and because they have some free time, they sit there and they go, okay, um, you know what, I'm going to watch that. Okay. Well, they end up watching it, and it counts. That's... I mean, it's every platform was up. So this was not a question of uh, of whether it was just the major bowl games that threw them over the top. No, that's not what happened here. Uh, what happened here was you had a lot of people um, just with some time, and they watched. That's a, I mean, that's what it is. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And they're up 12%. Take a break. Wrap things up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, great to have you with us on the shows. We wrap things up on to Bloomington, Indiana, for tomorrow's show. Ray Fittipaldo is going to join us from the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, Ray, for a long time, covered Penn State football, and is now covering the Steelers, who are uh, you know. Let's I mean let, I mean let's face. It, I think everybody knows they're probably going to get shut out by Jacksonville, but still they'll give it a shot. At what? Home. Hey, oh. <laughs> what? I thought it slipped that past you. The funny <laughs> thing is about the first Jacksonville game, think about this. The first Jacksonville game is no different than the game they played yesterday. I mean, Jacksonville did not have a great offense against the Steelers that day. They ran two interceptions back for a touchdown. They picked off five passes. What's the difference between that and the game that the Jags played yesterday? Yeah, Steelers avoid the big mistake. They'll beat that team by... I'd say 14 to 17 points, and they got to go to Foxborough, and let's see when they go to Foxborough if they can somehow get themselves out of the fetal position. I would think uh, this coming Sunday, compared to the uh, first Jacksonville game in October, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had not blossomed yet. Martavis Bryant was not up to 100% game mode. Vance McDonald didn't play. So you got three crucial factors there, and... I, I think, you, and I think you'll agree with me on this. If AB does not practice on Wednesday, I would not think he'll play on Sunday. What do you think? I don't think he's going to play. Did practice? He was at the practice facility today. I'm holding out hope. Since I'm going to be there on Sunday, I'm holding out hope. There are you going, huh? Yes. I got the uh, I got the day off. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but I've got nothing this weekend. I've got a game tomorrow night at Indiana, and a, the home game with Nebraska on Friday night. Then the next home game is Monday, right after that week from tonight with Minnesota. Two weekends off in a row. I know. Well played. Don't quite know what to do. <laughs> so this is how you may end up in the attic. Right. Section. This is how a section of America lives, huh? What do you mean you have the whole weekend off? Yes, I do. 
<laughs> yeah, I have to admit, uh, I came back from the Northwestern game on Friday night. I took care of the update shows like I was supposed to. There's another piece I had to do for somebody else. I took care of it, and I looked around like, okay, we're done. <laughs> so, and for everyone who sent birthday wishes on Facebook or on Twitter, I guess Twitter gave me up pretty good. Led by the crafty James Franklin. Yes. Yes, the crafty James Franklin makes sure the word got out there, like everybody, about birthday time. You know, and then Pat Chambers and Sandy Barber and B.J. Mullen and a group of other people. So Bob yeah. Euner wishing you a happy 40th. <laughs> Well, that's that's that, that's Buner sending out that wish in 1998. <laughs> Just got here, <laughs> but I appreciate all the birthday wishes. I know there were a lot of them up and down the valley, and appreciate that. And of course, Sean's was last week too, and Sean's a bigger part of the show than I am. So, you know, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, the awesome job that he does. Now, unlike certain other members of the company, mm. um, we work on our birthdays. <laughs> I remember the first time. It's a true story. This is true. So this is all kidding aside. I can say, I mean, we kid about the suit a lot, and it's all kidding. It is. Well, to a point. There's some parts <laughs> are very are actually very accurate that we kid about. Oh, I tell, I tell people, hey, my birthday's January the 4th. It was July 4th? Yeah, I, I have the day off, sure. But... Yeah, 4th of July, yeah, because well, the show's always off. Yeah. I mean, if your birthday was December 25th, you'd be off. <laughs> <laughs> but the first year, well, I'm taking whatever day it is off. I don't know when his birthday is. Is it in August? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I probably shouldn't draw a blank, uh, but, but I know we all should know. <laughs> we should not. All right, all right. I'm sure we'll get a text here in a moment. <laughs> uh, and he says to me, "I'm taking that day off." I says, "Okay, fine. Have a good time." Well, it's my birthday. I'm taking my birthday off, and I didn't say anything in the other end. I was stunned. I was like, "What?" Well, if it's August, we know how he we know how he feels about August. I don't know. It could be May, June, whatever. It's in the summer sometime, isn't it? I should know, sure. but I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just all. But then, have to turn uh, in my friend card. I mean, this this guy this guy isn't kidding. He actually takes days off for his birthday. He did. Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> to each his own. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.